I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. Good morning, fuckos. <clears throat> What's up, my homies? Long time no talk to. I'm sorry, guys. I have been, I've been MIA as of late, and I've been a, a bad podcasting host. Uh, I've been, yeah, you guys know what I've been doing. Been busy being the dad, but also been kind of. I've been kind of sneaky here. I gotta, I'll tell you guys. Let me turn down this terrible music that I got going on. Um, so, I've been doing the dad thing, right? And been, you know, doing a lot of the, the husband stuff for the wife, basically. Um, going out to dinner parties with her friends, which is fucking terrible. Going out to daily events that she plans which is fucking terrible um but you know doing all this stuff so I can be like hey uh you know deer season started and uh I've been so good you know doing all this dumb shit that you like I would uh really like to go do some really cool shit that I can plan that won't be stupid (laughs) And so, yeah, that's, uh, it's, god damn, it is 2, 2.30 right now, a.m. I'm in my car, I'm driving down the coast, or, well, I'm not driving down the coast yet. <laughs> Leaving the burbs, basically. I just saw a coyote, which was kind of cool. But, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm jamming down to my hunting spot with my dad and my uncle. You guys remember I talked about my uncle? Uh, he's got... He's got cancer pretty bad, and uh, he got his shit together last minute to get all his hunting stuff. Like, the dude, literally, he he had surgery, like, six weeks ago, and, uh, you know, I told you guys in a couple podcasts ago, maybe a little longer than that even, that he, you know, he's kind of relapsed and the doctors are kind of telling him yeah you know we did chemo we did surgery we kind of kind of had options here bud so they're really not giving him much to go on so he's like fuck it dude let's go hunting and i mean it's six weeks ago that they cut some shit out of him and now that you know (laughs) we're looking for deer so it's kind of cool, you know, I want to uh, spend as much time with him. I got a dad who's, who, he's not, I don't want to say my dad's old, but he's getting up there in age. I think my dad's like almost 70 now. And I keep, like, 
I'll I'll tell you guys, I feel like a kid. I still feel like a 20-year-old in my brain. You know, except for my knees hurting and my back hurting and <laughs> being fat. <laughs> I still feel like a 20-year-old. So it's it's kind of weird watching you know all your heroes get older. Um but you know it happens. It's part of life. It's the more I freak out about it. Oh, here's something weird, guys. I never freaked out about it until I had a kid. And now that I have a kid, that's all I fucking think about is how time is so fleeting. Um, and, you know, as I push that, that line on you guys, spend time with your loved ones as much as you can. Oh, I don't think I pushed it on you guys too much, but, you know, I've said it. I've said it. Spend as much time with your loved ones as possible. Um, hopefully that involves some archery or it involves some hunting. Uh, lucky for me, it involves some bow hunting. It's cool because my dad and my uh, my uncle, they're actually rifle hunters. But if you bow hunt, you get to start, you know, archery season's like a month earlier. And then if you pull like a bow hunting late season tag, you can hunt, you know, a month later. Even a month and a half, I think. So my dad happened to draw another late season tag. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. My dad thinks, uh, I don't know why my dad does this, but he thinks he's going to be dead in like two years. And this is not based on anything a doctor's told him. He's just like, well, my mom died at this age. My dad died at this age. And he's like, you plus those together and then divide it by how many people there are. He's like, I'm probably going to die at this age. So he's like, <laughs> he's telling me like, all right, well, you, know, you got like two more years to get a buck. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I suck so bad at hunting, guys. <laughs> <laughs> decent shot. I'm a decent archer. I'm a decent archer. I won't say I'm I'm good, but I mean you're listening to the show because I profess to be. Uh, but damn, as far as you know, hunting is a whole different beast. Um, but hey, I, you know, I'm not just gonna rant and rave today. I have stuff to tell you. So here's what is this my third year, like really bow hunting hard. Probably like my fourth or fifth bow hunting period but like really bow hunting hard this is probably my third year where you take it real serious right and uh, as far as target archery goes shit I think I've been doing target archery for like seven years now so here's what I just now am learning alright and this might be this might be bunk this might be bullshit but I'll tell you guys where my brain is at right now okay um, first I'm taking my verdict out hunting today. All right. Um, I know it's kind of a dumb idea. It's a target bow, but here's my justification for it. I can hit a spot with that bow at 200 yards, like no problem with a broadhead. Okay. That bow is very, very tunable. And I saw Aaron Schneider, Aaron Schneider, Schneider, uh, the Kefaru owner, right? That dude has a verdict that he's hunting with. Now, before you guys all go stripping all your shit off your verdicts to take hunting, let me tell you this. That bow is fucking huge. <laughs> that is a big fucking bow to go walking around with. Even if you run zero stabilizers. So, unless you're hunting out of a Jeep all day, or if you're going to be like, if you're not walking, if you're walking, get a hunting bow. All right? If you're doing any kind of hiking, this is not the bow. What the f 
Well, I know Aaron Schneider's like all buff and shit, and he's all roided out, and he's like, oh, I can handle it. But it's like, dude, that is... I, <laughs> after I did it, I was like, Aaron Schneider, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> you can tell why I said it. You don't know who I am. <laughs> I was like, you're fucking dumb. I don't care how strong you are. It's like carrying a fucking broomstick around, dude. The thing's goddamn massive. Even with no bars, that's a heavy-ass bow. That's a five-plus-pound bow once you put all your shit on it. So, I'm running... I have a very interesting setup because I, I've been trying to run the least amount of weight on my hunting bows as possible and still hit accurately, right? Because let's be real, guys. Accuracy's king. You don't sacrifice... Well, I, I shouldn't tell you guys this because, like I said before, I'm an... I'm a noob. I'm a noob hunter, you know? I know some guys that maybe they do sacrifice weight or sacrifice accuracy for weight or whatever, you know? But for me, I'm trying to run the lightest bow possible and still hit consistently. And what I've been finding is that at a certain point, you start stripping weight off, things start showing up on your, you know, your arrows, and things start showing up. I mean, realistically, it's probably just your shot. But I'll tell you what, what I've figured out. So I took my lens off, right? I took, um, I usually shoot an eight power lens and, you know, freestyle bars. So we'll just say 30 and 15 for the sake of our, our argument. <clears throat> now, what I figured out this year over other years, all right, is that shoot, this is the same bow that I shot Redding with. And, uh, you know, before anyone says, hey, you know, why are you shooting a fucking target bow for um, for hunting? I have a hunting bow that's coming, but anyone that knows Elite knows it takes forever to get a bow from Elite. Alright? I am getting an Elite bow for a, a hunting bow. I had one, but I had to sell it because I'm really bad with money. Um, and I'm just trying to get out of debt. So, we'll get into the Elite bow in a little bit. Alright? And what my plans are for the new Elite bow. Because I got plans for that bow. It's not just going to be a hunting bow. Um, so I was like, you know what? It's going to take a while to get my, my hunting bow. I think it ships next week. So I'll just take the verdict out. It's a 60 pound bow, which is light. It's very light for, uh, a deer hunting bow, but I hunt in the A, I hunt A zone, right? I don't know. Uh, saying the A zone sounds kind of like I just got off the boat from the Philippines or something, but I'm going to go hunt A zone. And I'm shooting blacktail, right? I'm trying to shoot blacktail. Now, anyone that knows A-Zone and blacktail, at least in central California, they're a little bit smaller than deer. They're like, they're like big dogs, basically. Okay? I don't think 60 pounds is going to be a detriment shooting a big dog, basically. Um, I did see some, I did see some big ones, some big bucks, uh... Last year, if you guys, I don't know if I've recounted all my stories to you guys last year, but I had a Hoyt Altus, uh, no, Ventum, Hoyt Ventum, and that thing was, I had that dialed in for blood, man, that thing was, ugh, killer of a bow, but you know me, like, I'm such a bow whore and, and all that, I had to see what's on the other side of the fence, so, um, have my verdict, right? My elite verdict, my my reading bow, my target bow, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna use this for the first half. I'm gonna say early season, right? Because I'll probably get 
my elite. I'll probably get to dial it in first couple weeks of general season, and then I'll take it out late season. Uh, people are like, what do you mean late season? Well, Dad drew the late season tag, so you know. You know how that goes. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I got the verdict. Um, I threw my hunting stuff on, right? And the first thing I noticed is, okay, what's the main difference between your hunting, se- your, you know, your hunting setup and your freestyle setup? I'd say the biggest thing is probably fidelity. And this is how I've been just, you know, justifying what I think uh, to my friends is that Okay, the difference between your your target setup is you have a ton of fidelity, which means you can, you you know, you're shooting a, if you're shooting a big eight power lens like me, you can see the spot, you can see maybe an X ring, you can see some detail and whatever you're aiming at. Um, even if you're shooting like a five power or you get four power with a normal person's draw length, I believe you see a lot. Um, now, with a hunting bow. You lose a lot of that. There's no magnification, right? You just got your pin. And you're going to put your pin on something and, and cut it. So, if you've shot a lot in the past, or you've shot a ton of arrows in your day, maybe you have, let's just assume you have your shot somewhat dialed in. Okay? Your personal shot, the way you shoot. And, you know, I've tinkered with how I shoot a lot, but I've shot enough arrows to where I can comfortably shoot, let's say a hinge release, for example, right? I can shoot a button. I don't know about that clicky stand button, but um, anyway, we'll get, in, we'll get into that too later. Um, so I can comfortably shoot a hinge, all right? Uh, I bet most of you guys can. I don't think that's, you know, it's a bragging statement at all. But I can take my hunting bug and get up there and start, you know, cracking off a bunch of shots. So you don't have the same fidelity, right? But what I am noticing, some arrows group really well, some of them don't. Right? Now, this is going to be a big duh. Like, a lot of you guys are going to be like, well, no shit. That just happens. Right? I think with an 8-power scope with or, or just any lens, with your freestyle setup, you can bring a lot of those outlier arrows in. You know what I mean? Because you have that better fidelity, you know, you can aim better, you have you know, longer bar, whatever, whatever. Um, we'll just say that maybe on the hunting bow, maybe some of those mistakes are magnified. That's why, you know, hunters, you got they run big veins, right? The big vein is supposed to correct little mistakes that would show up because of a broadhead is now bringing, you know, you have a more unstable arrow, basically. Um, so, what I noticed was, I like to, when I get my hunting bow down in, I want to go shoot it around 70 yards that's about that's a, a a close distance that i can get on a blacktail down in a zone is about 70 yards most of my yards the first shot's at 100 <laughs> this is gonna make me sound bad i'm a i'm not a good hunter guys so um but i like to hang out at 70 yards and, and do a lot of my shooting at 70 um just because it's right on the edge of feeling comfortable for me and i feel like if i can get some arrows to touch or start to put a nice group together it's like okay now i'm starting to get the hang of it so uh believe it or not guys like shooting 70 yards no lens you know i did this a couple years ago at first it's kind of daunting it's like oh shit this year is a little easier i was feeling good about it um i'm shooting a rage broadhead 
and everyone's like, well, you know, rages don't fly much different than field points. I disagree. I disagree. I think rages. I think any any broadhead flies different than your field points if you're not tuned up right. So I did a lot of work. I mean, that's why I'm shooting these elites is because you can tune the ever-loving shit out of them and get them hitting real nice. Um, so I'm standing at 70 and I'm shooting and I'm starting to notice some things. Okay, well, when you start having arrows that, you know, you see you got three arrows that are real close to each other. Um, say they're almost touching or, or what you would consider a tight group, right? And you, know, you get another arrow that's like... We'll say like uh, 11 o'clock. I had like a foot away at 11 o'clock. And then I'd have one that's maybe five or six inches tall at 12. That's just five arrows, right? We'll say three touching, one out, one way out, one up, one out top. Well, first thing I do is if it's something that I'm noticing a lot, or I'm like, okay, this is like the third time I've shot, I still have the same pattern. Like three middle, one out, one tall what's going on here so I'll go up and I'll mark those arrows right mark the vein with a little sharpie or if you don't have sharpie you can take you know take some dirt and smudge it on a vein whatever um, I just take a, a little marker and mark the vein and so I'm noticing it's the same like one more the the vein that I marked with one little swipe that one is always hitting 11 o'clock like a foot away at 11 right and then the one that's up a little bit, um, same. It's it's the same. The three that hit middle are, or the th the three that group together, are consistently grouping together. It's like okay, well, this is all super basic shit, right? This is all shit that we've heard about early on when we started doing archery. It's like, well, why does this go by the wayside? Well, I feel like this has something to do with fidelity. And in a target setup, you have so much fidelity that it's like culling bad arrows, you don't do it the same way anymore. You know what I mean? You're like, uh, well, this one, oh, you know, you know, if you're hitting all in the spot, it really doesn't matter. You're not going to mark anything. So, um, hold on, I'm going to switch lanes here. Uh, so, you know, I'm noticing this, this pattern I'm getting with these five arrows where I'm getting three, like touching each other, one a couple inches high, one a foot out left. Or a foot out at like 11. Uh, so the first thing I want to do, and I think anyone would tell you this, is just rotate the knock, right? Let's turn it. And I'm shooting a four-fletch configuration, so I'm like, all right, you have plenty of options of where you can turn it. And no matter how, what I'm noticing is no matter how I turn it, these arrows hit the same spot. Isn't that weird? Isn't that bananas? So... You know, I've heard before, like back when Chris Schaff shot for gold tip in, uh, I think it was SoCal Showdown. I happened to be next to him and, and Rio Wild. Rio's telling him, oh, Chris, why don't you shoot X10s? And Chris is telling him, like, oh, I'm shooting gold tips right now. And Rio says, oh, why the, f you know, how are those flying? And he goes, yeah, they're flying good. Now, keep in mind, I watched Chris Schaff pile, I think it was like 12 arrows during a practice round. It was the tightest group I had ever seen at 50, 50 meters. Like, picture a tight group at 50 meters and then grab it with your hands and bundle it tighter. That's what Chris Schaff was shooting like, all right? Dude's, a, dude's an animal. Um, so, Schaff says to Rio, you would not believe how much shit I've had to do to get these arrows 
to hit like this. And I would imagine at some point a lot of it is just culling arrows. Like, like by culling, they mean like removing bad arrows out of the... You know, I'd imagine a guy that was winning like Chris at the time, back when he was shooting goal. I mean, he's still winning. He's He won Vegas last year or so. He's still a beast. But back when like when he was having his ascension to be this uh, major pro, um, I would imagine he'd be getting like three dozen arrows, maybe more. I don't know. And then just rifling through them, and fit, but and I, but I'm wondering if he did anything like what I'm doing with this hunting bow, because now I'm seeing these things that it's like, okay, well, some arrows just don't. I mean, with the f- limited fidelity, if you have limited fidelity with just your like just your pin, no lens, you know, almost no bars or or bars with very little weight, you're gonna start seeing either yourself your your own patterns. Like I don't know if. Maybe subconsciously the same arrow I would, you know, maybe I'm doing it, but this is something I tested over and over again. I got two arrows that don't hit with the bunch, right? Or they hit close, but not how I'd want it. You know what I mean? As a target, you know, well, you guys know, you target archers, right? You're going for perfect. The goal is perfect. <laughs> so, what do you do? Well... I, I think if you have the supplies, you fucking put that uh, that 11 o'clock arrow in the back of the bus. You say, sorry, Rosa, you got to sit back there now. And you get you build another one, and you shoot it with the group and see, you know. And then before you know it, you have your best. So what I'm learning, what I'm taking away already, this is day one. This is opening weekend of deer season. What I'm taking away from this is when target archery comes back around, when field archery comes back around, my game plan is that my field arrows or my outdoor arrows, I'm going to do this process to. I'm going to treat them like they are hunting arrows. I'm going to shoot them with no lens. And I'm going to see which ones are grouping badass, which ones are grouping tight, and which ones are grouping bobo, you know? Well, if you, if you don't group, then you're either going to be labeled for close-range, you know, birdie shit or, I don't know, easy to block my chickens in there, uh, keep you from getting out of the chicken coops. So, I, I, got a, I got a lot of pests where I live. Like, there's possums and coyotes and shit, and they're just always beating up my fences. So, that's what I'm kind of working on right now. All right, and you hear about this all. You remember back in the day, you'd either read like oh, what was it, Rock Slide, the archery archery form. There's always like archery talk, which had fucking d bags all over it, like target archery d bags, and then you'd have Rock Slide, which had like hunting d bags. Basically, they would say stuff like this. I'd have you know, I got three arrows that don't group in the bunch or whatever, and I always was like. Eh, you fuck. You guys got no clue what the fuck you're doing. They all they all group. Well, it's like, all right. Well, maybe there's something to what these guys are saying. You know, it's one thing I notice. One thing I learned about getting older. The more I, the older I get, the more I learn that I really don't know shit. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> so that's that's my plan. I don't know how I'm gonna play this to. Uh, 
to indoor. You know, I guess it could be applied to indoor if you take your uh, your indoor arrows and maybe go stand at some kind of distance, maybe 50 yards and and pound, you know, take the winners from that. But, I mean, at what point are we going to call it and say we're overthinking the game here, you know? I remember at one point I was, I was doing knock indexing, right? I was knock indexing all my arrows. Then I was spine aligning them. So I would shoot them bare at like 40 or 50 yards. And then I'd further rotate. Oh, I guess that would be knock indexing them. I would rotate them. And, uh, oh man, I, I did, you know, straight offset vein versus helical versus this direction versus that direction. Most of it most of it is overthought at least with a target mindset that's what I'm thinking but if you go in it with a fucking hunting mindset now I'm like okay well now I'm trying to build forgiveness right or I, not forgiveness but you know what I'm saying like if you don't have the fidelity you got with a with a target bow well then you gotta work some shit out you know you gotta get that bow to hit behind your pin all the time you gotta pull out all the stops you know, and if you're not going to be tacking 20 ounces of weight on your hunting bow, well, then how are you going to do it? You got to tune the, you got to tune the damn bow, and then you got to make sure your arrows are on point. So, I don't know if you guys care about my hunting exploits. I know this is largely a target podcast, and I've, uh, I've said many times I will not cover, I won't cover hunting, and I won't cover recurve archery. <laughs> but I might start. I don't want to dip too much into hunting because it seems like. Uh, what's his face? Who's the green guy? Uh, the knock-on guy. He's pretty much got a lock on it, you know. <coughs> like uh, a lock on the. I'm a. <laughs> I'm an aging failure of a target archer, and now I'm a hunter. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's the. Oh, someone already took that? Damn, I can't do that now. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. So, I'm going to try to build some... I got the Gold Tip LRT arrow from, you know, my good friends at Gold Tip sent me the obligatory free arrows. I only got a dozen. I didn't get uh, I didn't get two dozen. So, I don't know what's going on there, but beggars can't be choosers, you know? Uh, they didn't send me any hardware with it. Again, beggars can't be choosers. That's okay. Uh, so I, I'm going to build, I guess I'm going to build two setups and, and pit them against each other. I, I want to try putting deep six inserts in on them. And I know how a lot of you guys feel about deep six inserts. A lot of you guys are like, fuck that. I don't know why. Right? Like I said, I'm still new to the whole hunting, hunting deal. But it seems to me like a deep six insert would be like ideal because you'd have a really low profile arrow. But I only have, I think I only have four or five deep six inserts uh, from my old Easton injections from way back when. Um, I also picked up a bunch of titanium outserts, the gold tip titanium outserts. Now those look badass. But my beef with the outsert, for with all the outserts really, oh except for okay, that's not true. Not all the outserts. The ones that look like uh, a dog collar, 
or you know the the cone that you get from the vet, the ones that look like that with a post on the back. There's no like insert outsert. The ones that are just what do they call them? I don't know if they're called half outs, but Easton makes them, right? <clears throat> Easton makes a titanium one. I think now they're stainless. They have aluminum. Gold tip has the titanium ones, which I just picked up. Uh, I want to say Victory has them. Victory's got like a little groove cut in there, so you can kind of fit the end of the arrow in, like a little channel that the tip of your arrow can kind of fit in. <clears throat> My only gripe with those is if something hits, you know, if you're shooting a field point and something, you hit something, it's going to bend the shit. You know, you got so much leverage on the front of that arrow. It's going to, and so much sticking out past your shaft. It's it's just, something's going to get bent. And I'll be honest, guys, I've bent up a fuck ton of Easton titanium uh, outserts. I've, I've bent up a fuckload of aluminum ones. And so I, you know, I'm giving the the gold tip ones a chance because I'm a much better shot now. I kind of pick and choose my shots, even in practice, a little better. <clears throat> but goddamn, I sure hope I don't run through these outserts like crazy. It just seems like they don't take. It doesn't take much to bend them and send them out of out of you know to get make them go wacky. Uh. But, you know, everyone I talk to about the Deep Six, everyone hates the Deep Six. And it's like, oh, I don't understand why. It's just, it's almost like turning your your field point, I'm sorry, your broadhead into a glue-in broadhead. You know, you're just putting a tail on your broadhead and gluing it in the shaft. Um, if you guys have checked Tim Gillingham's hunting arrow setup, he takes a thorn broadhead. Which is really fucking... It's almost like he did this out of necessity. Because he's like, I don't like having a bunch of... He goes, I don't like having a lot hanging out past my rest. And it's like, well... You're shooting like a two and a half inch long broadhead there. <laughs> it's like, you can glue the shit in. You basically have glued it in. Or he asked them to make him a glue-in model. Right? So now it just looks like a regular... It looks like a regular hunting arrow now. Because he's got this long ass brought it out the front. It looks cool. I wouldn't mind trying those uh, those thorns, but, you know, everything costs money. Uh, but he did something real interesting where he's got a, a glue-in thorn, right? And uh, he he puts a knock collar on the on the broadhead side of the of the shaft. I thought that was kind of cool, you know? I don't know how strong that is. I, I would imagine it's strong enough, you know. Um, Rudu was telling me, like, oh, dude, you didn't get the components for the LRTs. That system's supposed to be awesome. Uh, I looked at it, and it just looks like a knock collar on a fucking funnel, you know, one of them funnel outserts. I'm sure I'm going to regret that because they're probably awesome. But I like what Gillingham did with that with that thorn even though he's still got a lot that hangs over like hangs over his blade or whatever his launcher it's still a very sleek you know that arrow that he's shooting is super sleek it's super you know you don't have the fucking giant outsert sticking out the front or a big honking uh, collar sticking out the front <coughs> and I, you know like I said I don't know if that even matters uh, it as far as hunting goes, I'm 
I'm a noob, I, you know. Uh, I just know I, you know, I can execute a decent shot. That's all I know, and I know how to tune a bow pretty well. <clears throat> but I like the idea of the deep six because it seems to me like the airflow going around the broadhead, and then, well, I can't say it would be smoother. It just seems like it'd be less. It, I don't, I don't even fucking know what I'm talking about. It just seems like it would be less. And the thing that gets me the most, the thing that I think would bring bring the most, uh, the deep, you know, what's the biggest benefit of the deep six is that you get your blade, you can cut that arrow and get your blade right up to the fucking, right behind the broadhead. And uh, get a lot of, you know, you'll have some good support right there. I mean, I, you probably wouldn't lose support with like just two inches sticking out past. That's pretty much it. You know, if you have your... Your outsert's not going to be longer than an inch, and your, you know, broadhead probably ain't going to be longer. But it's a matter of, you know, as with everything, it's a game of inches, I guess. But, ah, man, everything I'm saying just is all speculation at this point. I got to test it, and I'll tell you guys, I'll tell you guys what I find. In my testing, as far as building arrows go, hunting arrows, what's his face? George Ryle said height beats length on veins and I have found that in my personal appearance to be 100% wrong <laughs> uh, I get what I think Ryle's uh, his uh, his science behind that was that a longer vein has more leverage in rotating an arrow and I think that is true if you're shooting a 3 inch you know, three inch long, half inch vein versus the fuck, you know, the hunter, the AAE Max hunters, which are like a blazer, you know. I've even tested blazers, and it seems to me like a, a three inch or a two and a half inch vein is king. Uh, Q2Is are pretty awesome, but they're, there's something about them feel heavy. They just feel like a heavy vein. So. Anyway, guys, if you've st if you're still with me, if you're still listening to the show, I got a uh, a listener comment, and um, I felt really embarrassed after hearing it. But a listener, and this happened actually like two episodes ago, and I I have forgotten to comment on this. <clears throat> but a, li a listener said, "Hey, you idiot! <laughs> Don't you know damn well that Caleb's." Caleb Quiocho is not pronounced Quiocho. It's Kiocho. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, haven't you taken like one year of Spanish or fucking anything? <laughs> I've actually taken three years of Spanish. <laughs> it's though I, my Spanish is rough. Um, and I can't. I've been saying Quiocho for fucking. A year now? How embarrassing. So, uh, Caleb, I'm sorry. It's Keo Caleb Kiocho. Uh, and the guy was like, you're lucky that his dad is so nice and just hasn't corrected. He respects you enough to not correct you. And I was like, oh, well. I mean, I guess I... I look so fucking retarded that it doesn't matter, huh? Um, so, to Caleb and your awesome dad, 
and your family. I'm sorry. I've been calling you guys Quiocho. That is wrong. It is Kiocho. And I'll try to remember it in the future. No joke, though. My Spanish is so bad that when the like Mexican guys at work ask me something, I say Quay. So I don't think it's, you know, it's not a personal thing that I didn't learn. It's just my Spanish is bad. Uh, so, Caleb Kiocho, lighten it up. Uh, what was the last event? I can't remember what the last event that Caleb shot was, but he's lighting it up. <laughs> Whoa. Man. Are they ever going to fix the roads in California or what? Oh, no. Let's not get political, Wendell. All right. Um, let's see. Other topics here. We got a couple. You guys see Paige doing that funky step at the last day? Was it the last ASA? Um, <laughs> Paige posted this. Or was it uh, Lutz? Or not Lutz. Someone in her inner circle posted a picture of her on Instagram. She's doing this, like, big step <laughs> where one foot's still on the stake and the other is, like, way away. She looks like she's doing a... I... <laughs> she looks like she's trying to do the splits. And it's about as far as she can go. And she was saying... I think she commented or, or posted. She said, well, you know, I didn't feel comfortable shooting four and a half yards. I wanted to shoot it for five yards. And I totally get that. I, I've, I've done that. I, I don't think I did that at nationals, but usually at club shoots, I'll kind of uh, explore the space around the, the post a little bit. I remember I used to get a ton of shit from people for doing that, though. Rudy Sandoval used to say this thing where he'd be like, right to jail, right to jail with you. In my country, we send you right to jail. And uh, I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. Uh, some people don't like it. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to tell Paige that, though. I'm sure Paige is going to do it and everyone's going to be like, oh, Paige, you're so smart. Oh, that's amazing. I don't, I, a lot of... A lot of kiss asses out there. You guys know she's not going to fuck you, right? You don't have to kiss her ass that hard. Uh, anyway, I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool. I like uh, I like seeing things in archery that are like not bending the rules because she didn't bend any rules. But I like it when people do extreme shit to get, you know, to get the edge that they like. You know what I mean? Like when someone bolts four fucking stabilizers onto their bow. I think that shit is fucking hilarious. I love it. You guys notice... Tim went back to three stabilizers recently. I wonder what that's all about. Can you imagine, like, you go to, you do something wacky, all right? Say you wear clown shoes up to the line, and you fucking shoot a 30x game, and you're like, no, this is it, guys. You got to put clown shoes on. This is how to do it. <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> a couple months later, you're, like, not wearing clown shoes anymore. No one. <laughs> People are like, Wait, whoa, whoa, dude, what happened? Oh, man. That last ASA was pretty legit. It's not the one that me and Jim covered. Like like I said, I've been doing, being so spotty on my... Uh, I'm so spotty on my podcasting right now. And uh, I hope you guys bear with me. It will pick up again soon. Um, but it, I'm just, you know, 
I got a lot of stuff, a lot of pans on the on the stove right now, so to speak. Um, what was I gonna say? Last ASA. Oh, yeah. A listener said, "Hey, why don't you talk about James Lutz?" James. I sent a word. James Lutz. And uh, he, the guy was like, uh, my buddy online was like, you should, you know, spend some time talking about James Lutz. He's, he's worth talking about. <clears throat> so James Lutz did a post a couple weeks ago, said, hey, everyone, I want to say thank you to Darton, but new things on the horizon. And then it was, bam, James Lutz back to Matthews. <laughs> you guys ever hear all that talk? You know, there's a certain time of the year where everyone's getting contracts and stuff. And uh, who was it? Someone said something like, I can't believe James Lutch switched like mid-season. You know? And it's like, dude, it, if they offer him a contract, that's doesn't have to be at that special time of year when, like, what, new bows are coming out and shit. It's like, uh, you know, the dude's killing it. Why wouldn't they offer it to him? And I, This isn't the first time Lutz shot for Matthews either, so he's tight with uh, whoever the pro staff coordinator is and maybe the company as a whole so but you know what's dope what i really like about watching let's shoot and two people i'm gonna bring in some other people here guys like let's go to show that punching is a legitimate way of shooting your bow you know what i mean and he's not the only one brandon williamson is another guy that does this i mean he can't do it for indoor by any means and you know, hopefully word gets back to him that Brandon sucks at shooting at 20 yards. <laughs> he sucks at it. <laughs> but the dude, I think he shot like a 28 or 30 in Reading with zero practice. He did zero practice. He just showed up. Like, uh, Brandon's my buddy. He's he's getting married this year, so he's uh, he's not practicing. He's literally like wine tasting and like going to fancy restaurants and shit with his rich wife it's fucking bananas the dude's seriously married up and he's like well i guess i'm gonna do golf now but he's a puncher also kyle douglas is a self-professed puncher all right so what does that tell you is that there's different you know there's more than one way to skin a cat basically i mean i've heard from two different camps right now there's two different well, maybe three, but there, as far as you know, target panic goes. But there's two different camps. One is uh, Joe L. Turner saying, like, "Hey, my system is the best system. My closed loop shooting system is the best," and that may be, you know. But how do, how do we know for sure? I would rather take a lesson from Bodie than take a lesson from Joel. And no offense to Joel or his his teachings, right? But at some point, it's kind of like, all right, dude, you, you don't even shoot compound. Let me let me talk to this this dude over here. <clears throat> um, but this punching shit is like a legitimate way to shoot. I think it's just you got to find what style clicks with your brain. It's I, it's like the different releases. There's a girl shooting in the ASA who's shooting an elite bow, and she's shooting like an index. Cali- you know, caliper index finger release. She's making it to the top, you know, what top six, whatever the the top. The, she's making it to the finals, basically every time. So it's like, do it however you gotta do it. If you gotta fucking 
If you gotta execute your bow by drawing it back with your ass cheeks, fucking, if you can pound middle like that, fucking draw it back with your ass cheeks every time. I don't give a shit. That'd be fucking cool, but <laughs> it'd be cool to see. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it's safe to say that, you know, punching is a legitimate strategy. And I don't think it was Lutz that pioneered this. I think it was, I think other guys have done it. But Lutz is definitely bringing it to the, the, the forefront now. And I, I don't think it's, a, I think it's undeniable that you can do it. You can punch and, and make that your style. And, like, I don't think I have video of Brandon punching. I might. But when he's on, it's like, fuck it. He's on. And it's not like, I've heard guys like uh, like like Turner, for example. It's like, oh, yeah, you can punch, but it's going to go bad. Your subconscious will get the better of you, and it'll go bad. So it's, it's not something that you can maintain forever. Really? You think so? Let's see how long these guys maintain it for. Kyle Douglas has been maintaining it. Lutz has been maintaining it. Brandon fucking just don't shoot and shows up and fucking <laughs> plucks his way to the fucking shoot off. I'm not telling you guys to do it unless you already do it. Okay? I think if you listen to this show, you're more likely to be a hinge shooter, maybe a button shooter. Um, I'm kind of doing this like a hinge renaissance thing right now. I like shooting buttons, but guys like Rubio and uh, and guys like my buddy Austin or or Alan Brunetta is a good example of, of a hen shooter I like those guys I, I kind of like I want to I want to take a walk through their shoes and to do that you got to shoot a similar release <coughs> so I got my <laughs> my fucko hinge release ready to go I'm excited about that I'm taking this weekend I'm taking uh, a hinge uh, hunting I'm taking I have a, a hinge that I call the uh, the day laborer and the day laborer is kind of like the executive except you can't move anything on it it's uh, it's just an HT that's got no paint on it it's all gray so yeah let's see what else I got on my list here covered LUTs covered page doing the splits oh the new stand release so, dude, I had people asking me, like, what do you think of these, the new stand release? And, uh, you know, I've been late to comment on it. I know, you know, Blake Jerome has done a handful of uh, videos regarding his opinion on it. And I think Bodie's shooting it now. Bodie's shooting the stand release. So what is the new stand release? It's a thumb button that has a click in it. Hmm. Okay, so the opinions are, right, and I, I think this is what you're going to hear a lot of from most target archers, is you get that away from me, right, some of us. Others that watch guys like Bodie throw down some fat scores are going to be like, okay, let's see what this is all about. Uh, you know, I think Blake said something like, oh, you know, the click lets you know you're all aligned or whatever. You know, just like just like a hinge. Um, I mean, if I'm asked to take a position on it, my position is I'm all good. Yeah, thank you, but no thank you. I'm all set here. <laughs> but I'm not against it. 
You know, if you guys want to send me one, if someone out there wants to, to send me one, I'll fuck around with it. You know, so um, but you know, if I don't have to, I, I I'll probably never. I've never really shot stands. I shot a couple hinges of like stand hinges way back in the day when I left mine at home on accident, but I'm not a I'm not a huge stand fan. Uh, they just they they feel weird in my hands. They they feel too good. They feel so good that they feel weird. I like knowing that I'm holding on to something. The stands kind of make your hand feel like they're floating. <clears throat> Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But I'll have to ask Doug Rosen. I know he's a Stan, uh, what's the word? Enthusiast? Uh, maybe I'll pick his brain a little bit, see what he thinks about this idea of the, the, the click with the thumb. The thing is, guys, when I shot a thumb button, the reason why I like shooting the thumb button is because it, if you haven't set it, the way I like to set them up is zero travel, right? So it's like, it, it doesn't take much to, to, actuate it but I put a lot of spring tension on the button or on the the barrel so it means that you can like the idea would be that you know you come to anchor you wrap your thumb around the barrel you can feel the the ridges on the thumb barrel right you get you get those right into your thumb crease you start to wrap you, then you go through your process of okay my pin where I want it. Yeah, no, no. Get the pin where you want it. Go green light in your brain, and then start your execution. And the execution is simply pulling straight back, or, or you know, expanding, getting a little bit of push with your bow hand and, and pulling back. And that's it. It's subtle. It, it doesn't take a lot. You know what I mean? So in my mind adding a click to it seems like you're adding an extra step somewhere in there and whether or not that's bad I, I don't know I I don't think I need it but again I'm not Bodie I'm not Blake I'm not I'm not any of these super high level guys so maybe maybe one of you dudes can shine you know I'd like to hear from a regular dude because here's the thing with Bodie and Blake you put a, a regular hinge in their hands they're gonna shoot fine they're gonna shoot an amazing score anyway okay so, I want to hear from regular dudes. What do you think about that? The thumb button, uh, the clicky thumb button. I, I don't even know what the thing is called. I just know it's the new stand thumb with a click. Um, you know, stand releases are also fucking ugly. Just so you guys know. <laughs> but I shoot an elite bow, so I guess my opinion ain't worth worth much. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Aside from the Darton, the Elite's probably the ugliest bow out there. <laughs> so, let's see what what else we got on our list. Let's say I covered Kyocho. I'm sorry, I've been saying it wrong. Uh, you stand with the button. Oh, you guys see Cameron Haynes on Joe Rogan? They released a drink called Elk Blood. I like. Cameron Haynes and I like Joe Rogan but that is fucking dumb that is asinine are any of you dudes out there are you guys drinking elk blood <laughs> such a stupid name for an energy drink it makes me want to it makes me want to create my own energy drink I think I'll call it like 
Serena Williams booty sweat. <laughs> Drink this, dude. Drink this. <laughs> God damn. I, 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 I mean, maybe it's tongue-in-cheek. Maybe they're like, yeah, this is a fucking retarded name. But we're so cool that we're going we're gonna to get away with it. I don't know. I don't know. Elk Blood. It's got to be the dumbest name for an energy drink. It's like you're going all in on bros. Um, and yeah, just going all in on the bros, dude. The broskies. Oh, brutal. Brutal. What do I got on my notes here? <laughs> dude, I got some weird, weird notes, guys. A lot of my notes are just like things that I've thought of. Right? And some of them pertain to archery. Most of them do. And some of them don't. So, like, have, I have this one thing written down. Jet blue, dot, dot. Spirit Airlines for white people? <laughs> what was I thinking? What was I thinking when I wrote that? Anyway. Let me see what... Let me see how long we're, we're rolling in here. I think, I think this might be about an hour. I might um, do another one on the drive home, guys. So, I'll recap some of my hunting. I don't know if you guys give a shit about how my hunting went, but I'll keep you guys, in, you know, in for it. And keep you in, you know. Who knows? Maybe hunting with the verdict won't be so bad. Mm, I'm guessing it's gonna it's gonna be rough, but it's okay. It's all right. I gotta get some exercise anyway. Yesterday was cheat day. I ate a lot of uh, cakes and pies and stuff. So, yeah, dudes. My peeps, uh, thank you guys for still supporting the show. If you've tuned in and you're actually still listening after this long hiatus, uh, I want to say I'm going to try harder to do more podcasts. But this time of the year, it's like my I have to I have to do some serious like honeydew shit just so I can get out and hunt. And uh, you know, my dad, my uncle, they're not. Time's not making them younger, so I just got to do it. I just got to do it and spend as much time with them as I can right now. Um, oh, let me get into the next Elite Bow before I go signing off on you guys. So, yeah, I've said Elite Bows are ugly. Yeah, okay, that's true. Uh, I've said they look cheap. They feel cheap. Yeah, all right. When do you shoot them? They tune so fucking good. They tune really fucking good. What does that mean? You can bear shit. Any Joe Blow can fucking bear shaft tune with them. So what am I getting? Okay, so I told you guys I don't like I don't like the fact that I got to haul this big ass verdict around. <laughs> I would like to do something, and I've had this idea for years now, where I want to do one bow. Can one bow do everything? Can you shoot solid indoor hunting, and then field rounds with one bow? Yeah, of course you can. And this is not a, a wacky or a, what's the word? It's not like a new thing, you know? I think what the early target bows were like 34-inch axle axle, 35-inch axle axle. I mean, some of them were 40s, right? But I remember the, the Hoyt XT2000s were pretty, some of them were pretty small. ATAs. So, um... I had this idea where I was going to get like a Hoyt carbon doodad, right? 34-inch axle axle Hoyt Ultra. Uh, the only problem is they don't have like midget draw lengths. 
with that bow. The shortest is like 27 inches. I'm just under. But Elite has what I would call an equivalent in the Elite Remedy. And, and dude, I, guys, don't get me wrong. I'd love to shoot the Omni. I'd love to shoot the, the ER era. But I just want a little longer axle axle. I want something that I can do a lot of stuff with. And so the uh, the remedy, I think it's the remedy. It's like a 34 inch axle axle with those big cams. It's going to be closer. It's going to feel the string angle is going to be feel closer to 36. I think, my personal opinion. And I know the remedy is not a new elite. It's an older elite. But I mean that that girl that I talked about shooting the ASA with the uh, with the uh, index finger release. She's shooting one of these. And I think there's a good, there's something to be said about having a good blend of axle to axle and, um, you know, just the size of the bow, basically. And I think if you're a shorter draw length, you can, like, that can give you some speed to get up with the other guys. <clears throat> now, I'll be the first to tell you that I think speed is somewhat overrated. <laughs> when I shot my, uh, I uh, shot one down on a field round in uh, Mechanicsburg. If you chronoed one of my arrows, they're shooting about 250 feet a second, which is on the slow side, very slow. Uh, I do think it's enough to kill a, an A-zone blacktail, but it's very slow for target. It's slow for hunting, too, to be honest. So I'm going to try the Remedy out, and my plan is to build... A bow that I can do everything with. I can take hunting, you know, and then take some turns out of the limbs, and then shoot indoor with it, shoot some field rounds, and you know, maybe it's a dumb idea, um, but it is an idea that it's something that I've wanted to do ever since starting the podcast. You know, I was originally going to call this podcast "One Bow," and I know this sounds fucking. <laughs> some of you guys are probably like, "God damn it." But I, was, I had this idea to do a podcast, call it One Bow, and be, how can you make One Bow work for everything? And if you guys watched, like, last, uh, last year in Reading, at the, uh, at, at the Reading shoot-offs, Henry Bass was shooting, like, a 33-inch axle-axle bow at the shoot-offs. So it's like, there's inklings that this shit, you know, this shit works. Um, what was it? I think Levi was shooting a 33-inch... He was shooting the uh, the taller Matthews boy for the ASA, you know. And some guy was like, "Oh, I told you all, you can shoot a hunt, you know, a hunting bow is just accurate. There's no reason why no one's shooting him." Um, like, well, no, there is reasons, you know. You do get really good stability out of a longer axle axle, <clears throat> but you know, if you weight your shit right and you shoot enough arrows, shouldn't be a hindrance. <clears throat> Again, this is all theories I'm throwing at you. You guys aren't finding, <laughs> you guys aren't tuning in for a refined archery unfiltered here. This is a sober. I'm very sober these days, but uh, you know my. Bam. All right, guys. I think I just had to change batteries here on the fly. I would not recommend doing that on the road, but like I said, it's only. Ooh, damn! It's like 3:30ish now. You're the only car on the road. It's still fucking dangerous. Don't do it. Um, 
yeah, uh, like I said, I'm sorry, guys. A lot of my a lot of my shit that I'm bringing to you is like really half baked, and uh, it's just what happens. If you don't shoot a lot, you end up put doing a lot more thinking about it. The more you shoot, the less you think about it. And let that be a lesson to you guys. <clears throat> a lot of people are always trying to get the edge, right? What do I got to do to get the edge? The answer is so simple. It's just shoot your bow. I, that's not mine. That's that's from Mark Rubio. Trademarked Mark Rubio 2023. Um, that's his jam. And so... I... It's just, it's just the truth. But anyway, like I said, I was saying, you, you've seen a lot of guys. Henry Bass. Uh, I keep forgetting that girl's name. I want to say it's Morgan Reeves. No, she's a Matthew shooter. Is it? Is it? She's a Matthew shooter? I don't know. Um, but the shorter axle axle is not... It's not... Uh, it's making a kind of uh, comeback right now. So I'm going to hop on that train. Uh, I think I can build a pretty legit bow. And I think on the Elite platform, it's so damn tunable. It's, you know, the Remedy's got the set set system. Um, that seems to agree with me really well. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Rudy is, you know, my buddy Rudy Sandoval made a good point. He said, Wendell, <clears throat> he said, you haven't shot good since you shot a Matthews bow. Uh, Rudy thinks I should go back to shooting a, a 38. The verdict is very close, but Rudy thinks the Elite bows don't agree with me. <laughs> I could not disagree more. Shot a 1525 in in Reading with you know elbows deep in fucking diapers. So um, I think I think the Elite Bow's a good platform. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it until Matthews releases their next target bow, which is probably gonna fucking crack the world open. Which seems like to be their mo now. It seems like every time Matthews releases a bow, it's like. Oh, God damn. <clears throat> and they, <laughs> the last bow they released really wasn't... Well, let's be real, guys. The Gen 2 38 versus the original 38? Come on. I feel like some engineers got fired, and they were like, what do we do? And they're like, eh, I moved the doinky thing in front. Uh, engineers there. That's not true, guys. I know there is an engineer there. I, I was told I should interview him, but I, I'm a, I feel like I would get corrected a lot. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I hope you guys don't mind rambling because that's, that's going to be the next couple, uh, couple episodes until uh, I figure out some new shit. If you guys have any questions, listener questions, send them my way. You can hit me up at Archer and Filtered on Instagram. Uh, I also have Archery Unfiltered Facebook profile. Uh, you guys can find me personally. Uh, my name is Wendell Souza. If you guys want to drop me any lines, you can. Uh, I appreciate anyone that takes the time to listen to the show. Uh, the show's... The success of Archery Unfiltered is due to you guys. I just get on and talk. And it's due to listeners that really make it... Um, make it as popular as, as it is again uh i got you know i've gotten a couple questions about hats and like an online store i don't have an online store i don't i don't even have hats in stock right now um i think before indoor season i'll get some hats made uh if you guys want if there's a demand for it i kind of want to do something new you know i've done the uh the gray and black 
And now Hoyt's got a fucking gray and black, and Axel's got a gray and black hat. I, I keep seeing guys like in the ASA, and I'm like, "Are you guys wearing Archer and Filtered hats?" And they're like, "No, no, no." Those like Dan McCarthy has an Axel hat, looks just like a fucking Archer and Filtered hat. So now I want I want to do something different. Um, I do want it to be clean. Uh, so if anyone's got any good ideas, send it to me. But I, I have I got a couple ideas in mind. I don't know if embroidery's clean, but I kind of am thinking of getting like a uh, archery and filtered embroidered on a hat. That might be cool, but I feel like embroidered hats is so very Mexican flea markety, you know. I kind of like the patch that the what do they call them uh, cricket patches. Those are kind of cool, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I want to do something different. The, the hat itself, the base hat, I want it to be different also. But I don't want it to be, to be so far different. No one, like, no one likes them. So we'll see what we got. We'll, we'll uh, address that as it comes down. But until then, you know, the goals are get the new elite, dial it in for hunting, and then instantly find a way to dial it out for indoor archery. Um I don't think it'll be too tough. I, it kind of makes me want to get a spot hog swap again. I used to have a swap, but you know what's funny is I never used the swap the way it was intended. <laughs> like, they, they, they have the swap, and it's there so you can, like, you know, fucking <laughs> swap the bodies off for indoor-outdoor. I never did that. I should have, but... I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to hunt with a blade. I want to hunt with a drop away, and then if I can do indoor with a with a blade. I know Butch Baker. I think it was Butch. It might have been Tom Parkinson. I think it was Tom Parkinson actually figured out that the uh, the epsilon you can swap bodies out on an epsilon. So you can have one set for indoor and then swap the body off. You know. You have to have basically two epsilons, but it's doable. So maybe that might be a route I go. That might be kind of cool. Man, Tom's always got such good ideas. I'm gonna give that guy a give that guy a plug. Tom Parkinson, everyone. Uh, easily, easily one of the coolest guys in archery. He will, you know, if you have questions, no matter how stupid they are, he actually takes time out of his day to answer them. And the guy knows so much more about archery than even even I know. Like I, I pick Tom's brain from time to time and just say, hey Tom, what do you think of this? So, uh, I try not to do it too much because the dude's got a wife and, you know, family to take care of. But, man, I, I mean, it, if you guys know, like, he's the guy who sets up strings for Steve Anderson and Linda Ochoa. So, I mean, <laughs> they're not wasting their time by going to anybody. So, yeah. <clears throat> Missed that guy. Hope he's doing well. But all right, guys. Uh, that's going to be the episode for now. Uh, I'm going to have to record a new fucking Spotify commercial. Like, I, I got to do them every month now. So I'm going to try to make them... I'll try to make them entertaining. But, you know, you guys don't got to listen to them. Just so I can fast forward or whatever. <laughs> right through that shit, all right? All right, y'all. What's up, guys? You guys know my opinions on bowstrings. I think the, well, I think the top bowstrings in the world are made by Tom Parkinson, uh, followed up by uh, 
Austin Kincaid. Those are some of my two favorites. I'm currently shooting uh, a set of bowstrings made by my good friend Nick Ingham. And I would urge you guys to get out and check them out. Uh, Flingham Nation Bowstrings, it's an Idaho company, takes pride in every strand using only the best material, 452X. Trusted by the pros, this is true, myself and Nick included. Well, I don't think I'm a pro anymore, but Nick is definitely a pro. Uh, stretch for hours, uh, ready to go for performance. I know Nick stretches the strings under an insane load. Um, you know, and you guys, if anyone knows Nick Ingham, he's a, an elite shooter. He is, I mean, I don't mean the bow company. He is a badass shooter. He's been on the podium with guys like um, Chris Schaff and uh, Kyle Douglas. Uh, if you guys want to check these strings out, go to flingemnation.com. That's flingemnation.com. Uh, you can follow Instagram, uh, follow on Instagram, Facebook, Flingham Nation. Um, and another thing, guys, if you order a set of strings from Nick, uh, use code UNFILTERED. You get 10% off a set of strings. I, I'm personally all about, uh, well, first, I'm all about Nick. I, I love Nick as a dude, personally. Um, I love his family. And he's he's breaking into string building, and he's building a damn fine set of strings. Uh, I'm going to post up a video pretty soon of uh, me installing his strings, doing some timing setup on my bow. And uh, you guys can see the quality on there. All right? All right, y'all. Check them out. Fling them bow strings. All right, guys. I want to share one of my favorite products with you guys. It is the Baker Archery Products Pro Shop Vice. Uh, my buddy Butch out in Idaho makes a sick bow vise. Uh, and you guys are probably wondering, well, why do I need a bow vise? It makes working on your bow super easy. It's one of those must-have things like a bow press. Um, the shop vise, you mount it somewhere on your table. You know, with it, you can manipulate your bow any which way and lock it into a stationary position. You can level your sight axes. You can set up arrow rests, install D-loops, knock sets. Shit like that becomes real easy. Stuff you can do really fast on the fly. Um, and, you know, you probably do it better quality than doing it just sitting on your couch. <laughs> in front of the TV. I'm not the only guy that likes these products. You guys might have heard of Kyle Douglas, and he uses these. If you have any interest in seeing how they work, check out my Instagram. I'm going to put up a setup video where I'm setting up my hunting bow with one of these bad boys. They are sold at BakerArcheryProducts.com for the low price of $240. Through PayPal, you could be paying really low payments, like $22 a month. These things are legit, well worth the money. When you break it down into payments, shit, it, it's cheaper than hell. Check them out, bakerarcheryproducts.com. Tell my buddy Butch I directed you that way so he knows it is worth sponsoring this podcast, okay? All right. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Guys, my favorite stabilizer is the Carbon Craft Stabilizer. I've been talking about this bar for three years now. 
Um, if you guys know me, you know I am a whore for gear, and the one thing I've kept constant is the Carbon Craft Stabilizer. You're probably going to ask why, Wendell. <laughs> well, quite frankly, the Carbon Craft Stabilizer is the stiffest, lightest, dampest stabilizer I've ever shot. Um, for the money, for the price point, it beats any other stabilizer. Performance-wise, it beats any other stabilizer. Um, if you're shooting any other bar, it's probably just because you're shilling. All right? Check them out. Carbon Craft Stabilizers. You can order them with my friend Brian Webb down in Fresno, or you can call Rudy Sandoval at West Coast Archery. Finally, the show is brought to you by my friends Darren and Bet out in Napa, California. They are the owners and operators of DB Custom Coatings, the Coders out of Napa. Um, my friends Darren and Bet, they Saracote bows. They can make your old shitty bow look freaking new and awesome. They can make your boring stock colors look rare and special. Uh, Darren does an amazing job Saracoting. He does anything from solid colors to American flags to fades to anything. I've seen him do a galaxy on a PSE before. It was nuts. Um, he does Casey Caulfield's bow. All right, check that out. Casey Caulfield on the side of the Lancaster truck. She's shooting the bow that Darren Saracoded. What does that tell you? Darren ain't no slouch. The dude is good enough for the Caulfield family. So, uh... Yeah, Darren's the shit. He's a super cool guy. He does releases too. You know, don't don't just think that he doesn't uh, do other things. I know he's done inserts or outserts. I think for hunting arrows for Chris Schaff. Uh all kinds of stuff. So if you guys are interested, hit him up. DB Custom Coatings on Instagram. Uh, you know, if you're a gun nut, if and you can disassemble your your rifle, Darren can Cerakote that shit pink for you. You know, um, check him out. DB Custom Coatings on Instagram. Those guys are my friends. They are the one of the longtime oldest and biggest supporters of the show. So show them some love, all right? All right, everyone. Good night. Peace.